Hey everybody, this is Matt Wright with Trackstar Sports and I am bringing you the debate of the week. Now with Game 1 of the NBA playoffs already in the books, and Game 2 happening tonight, tomorrow, and Wednesday, which matchup is most likely to end in an upset? Now I'm going to rank them from, in my opinion, the least likely to be an upset to the most likely. So the least likely is the Jazz over the Thunder. You see, Donovan Mitchell is not Russell Westbrook. Simple and sweet. In addition to that, there is a Paul George problem. I see the Thunder taking this in four, maybe five games. Now, matchup number two is the Spurs over the Warriors. The Spurs cannot match up defensively without Kawhi Leonard. Danny Green has no business guarding Kevin Durant. I don't care what Greg Popovich said in his post-game interview, whatever. He was wrong, and he has to own that. Now, the next matchup, matchup number three, is the Heat over the 76ers. Hassan Whiteside, please, if you are listening, for the good people of Miami and Heat Nation, step up. The 76ers should not be putting up 130 points. That's ridiculous. You will not win a game if your opponent is putting up those kind of numbers. This, is get, this can get really ugly really quick. Now, moving on. To game number four, Timberwolves over the Rockets. James Harden is not being contained. Enough said. Now, matchup number five is the Wizards over the Raptors. Four to five starters scored in double digits along with two coming off the bench. That's a defensive nightmare. Washington, shape up or you may get swept. Now, this is where it starts to get significantly more likely. And that's the Bucks over the Celtics. The Greek Freak needs one, maybe two more players to just help him offensively, and they can very well take down the Celtics. They took him in overtime when it was mainly just him. So, in the current state, I don't see it happening. However, if things do change, the, the end result may change. Now, this next matchup is, is a toss-up for me, really. And that's the Pacers and the Cavs. So can someone not named J.R. Smith help LeBron out, please? Despite that, we are talking about King James. Arguably one of the best players to ever play the game. So I he's done it before. I think he could pull it off again. I really do think the Cavs win this series. But it's not looking great. Now the most likely upset, in my opinion, which I think will happen is the Pelicans over the Trailblazers. You see, the Pelicans already stole one game away, and Damian Lillard is the main producer for the Trailblazers. Double-team him, and, you know, we'll see. However, the Pelicans are more evenly spread, with center Anthony Davis guard Drew Holiday, along with great forward play. So I think New Orleans really does take this, and I don't think it goes into seven. However, that's just my opinion, and I would love to hear yours. So please feel free to call in and we can discuss it more. And if you love what we're doing here at Trackstar Sports and you would love to cover your team or even your favorite sport, email us at debatefuel at gmail.com. This has been Matt Wright with the Debate of the Week. Hey man, this is uh, Brad Stone from Heated Waves. I uh, favorited you. I'm pretty sure you favorited me. I can't remember or not, but uh, I just want to talk in your segment about the NBA playoffs. Uh, I, I don't see Cleveland winning that first series. I don't know what it is, but I've seen them struggle like that, and it's crazy. But uh, um, I, I, them Pacers, man, 
they're playing hard, and I just, I, I don't know, it's going to be hard to beat them, but maybe they will, maybe a freaking six-game, seven-game thing or whatever, but uh, also D-Wade, man, come on, man, he's playing phenomenal right now. Yeah, he can't carry the team, there's no way, no one person could ever do that, but uh, you got to give him credit where credit's due. D-Wade has been a baller, has been a baller, and uh, I, I guarantee you LeBron James is missing him right about now because uh, underrated. What's up, Brad? I appreciate you for calling in. I got to say, I agree with you in the Pacers over the Cavs. I really do think there may be more than one upset this round one. Um, The Cavs are standing defensively. Their defense is terrible currently. There is no man and ball defense. They're just standing by their men, you know, opening up the dribble drive for the Pacers, putting their guys on an island, and that's terrible defense, and they cannot expect to win playing like that. You know, nothing to take away from the Pacers. They're playing very hard, but I don't know. I just see, since it's a LeBron team, I do see them going back, watching film, LeBron getting on some guys' case about their defensive effort because it was there was no defensive effort at all. And maybe they can turn it around. We'll know a little bit more tonight. But moving over to the Heat and the 76ers, D-Wade is playing very well, especially Game 2. He really lit it up. I was just saying Hassan Whiteside because he's a starter. He's supposed to be, you know, some leader, and he brought in two points. You know, if Wade can't have games like that consistently, a Hassan Whiteside will have to step up and play a bigger role. It's just that simple. But that matchup is actually coming out to be one of the better matchups, so we'll see what happens going forward. Everything's still open. Hey, man, uh, no disrespect, but it's uh, Brad Stone, and uh, no big deal. But uh, uh, I do got to agree with you. They always do stand around. There's no defense on that Cavs side that first game. But honestly, NBA, there's not much defense anymore anyway. I mean, you can agree with that. Most of them stand around and do what? They look for the ball, wait for an opportunity to get a rebound, chuck it down court, you know, and get that little quick little cherry picking is what I used to call it back in the day. And I know it's still called that, but – I mean, yeah, I, I would love for the Pacers to take this one and just take it away from LeBron. Yeah, he's the best player in the world. Whoop-de-doo. Honestly, to me, it, it's uh, not even him. He's second to me right now. Kevin Durant better all day long. <laughs> but uh, beside the point, yeah, um, they need to play some damn defense. Nobody ever does in the NBA anymore, and I, I, I get tired of that. It's so weak from that. But they need to step it up, and if the Pacers want to win that, they need to keep that aggression on them. And they really should. They need to keep the pressure. LeBron, they really got to keep it on LeBron. You know what I mean? Like, just, I don't know. You can't really double team because then it leaves somebody else open. But at the same time, you got to shut them down. And there's there's somebody here that would. Moving on to that heat thing. Yeah, you're right, man. Uh, without Wade balling every single game, what chance do they have without Whiteside putting up more than two points? That's That's absurd. He needs to get in there and do his job. He's a big old boy. And uh, but yeah, we'll we'll find out tonight. And I'm kind of excited about it. I'd like to see him step it up. And 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 yeah, that is probably the most even series there is besides maybe the Bucks Celtics, except for the other night. <laughs> they just kind of diminished in the last few minutes there. But uh, yeah, appreciate the shout out, bro. Listen, man, the Heat cannot beat the Seventy Sixers. That dude Simmons, that dude Simmons is dangerous. 
It's going to demolish the whole team. And they're going to make sure that they be on top of the outcome. Probably so. Yeah. Hey, Kels. What's happening? What's going on, man? Oh, man. Just chilling now, man. Chilling. Cool, cool, cool. All right, let's let's jump into this. Um, let me do my my official intro, ladies and gentlemen. You are now rocking with the best. <laughs> this is Trackstar Sports. This is your boy Damo with the Outsiders Edge, bringing you the latest and greatest in the WWE. And tonight, I got my man Jay Kells on the line, and uh, what was happening? <laughs> You, how's, how's it going, man? I'm great, man. How are you? I'm excited, man. Excited about this, man. I've been actually, I've been wanting to do this for a while, man. So I'm glad, uh, I'm glad we made this happen. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, I've been really looking forward to it. Uh, like, I kind of been playing around with it in my head of how it would go, and I was just like, hey, I, I, I love wrestling. You love wrestling. We just gonna talk and we just gonna go at it. Exactly. Cool. <laughs> so. Um, so tonight we are going to we're kind of we're going to kind of backtrack a little bit, and then we're going to kind of get up to speed with what's going on now. So we're going to backtrack to WrestleMania 34, uh, which was about two weeks ago now. Um, uh, Jay Kells was uh, able to be there in attendance. I have yet to uh, even <laughs> attend a live WWE event yet. Um, but I'm wow. working on that to get that get that off the bucket list of things to do. Um, I'm actually looking forward to trying to go to WrestleMania 35 next year. But um, I just wanted to hear from you. Uh, uh, was that your first uh, WrestleMania that you attended this year? Well, I wasn't able to make this one. Um, I wanted to, but a lot of things happened with a couple of my guys that were supposed to go with me, so I didn't make it. Um, I did go to WrestleMania 30, though, the last time it was in New Orleans. I did make that one, and okay. that one was amazing. That was my first WrestleMania. It wasn't my first WWE event, but it was my first WrestleMania, and I still think that was that was always going to go down in history because that was the one that take a loss of streak. Right. And, um, Brock, and I mean, the, the quietness of the crowd, I will <sighs> never forget, and walking – after that match, walking through the uh, through the arena to the concession stands to the bathroom, just hearing everybody's take on it. Man, that was stupid. Why they let Lars do win? Oh, that was crazy. <laughs> oh man, that was sweet. You know all the different reactions. But right this past this past year, I didn't get to make it. Um, I found out that our guy uh, our guy Rick he got he he ended up going. I'm told him if I had known you were going, I would have bet you down there. Right. But he said it was a last minute thing. But I did watch the entire event on TV, and you know it was uh it was pretty good. It was alright. Yeah, I I thought it was. I didn't I didn't think it was the best WrestleMania, but I thought it was. I thought it was. I thought it was good. I thought it lived up to the WrestleMania hype for the most part. I didn't. Um, I didn't. I didn't walk away feeling like feeling really disappointed necessarily. Overall, I thought it was. A, I thought it was a good pay per view. Yeah. Um, uh, so we're gonna. So we're not gonna talk about every match from WrestleMania, but um, we're gonna talk about most of them. I just want to touch on most of them because I thought most of them were pretty, 
Um, we're pretty uh, critical in the WWE. So first, I'm going to start with uh, Charlotte Flair and Oscar for the uh, SmackDown Women's title. Um, I definitely thought that match lived up to to all the hype. Um, I didn't expect Charlotte to win. So I was really surprised about that. I thought Oscar was going to keep her streak going, but um, yeah. but overall I was impressed with the match. How did how did you feel about that match? Yeah, I, I thought it lived up to the hype as well. That was a really good match. Um, I was kind of torn back and forth. I didn't know who was going to win that with myself. I, yeah, they had been putting a lot of emphasis on the streak, even going back to the uh, the mixed tag challenges that they did on Facebook. One thing that was kind of Strange about that when they got to the last match, the champ, the championship match, they kept putting emphasis on Oscar's streak. Like, but hey, right. this ain't got nothing to do with her singles right. match. It's a tag, a mixed tag match. But you know, so yeah, I could I could see where everybody would think you know they're gonna keep the streak going. But me myself, you know, I, I thought it was a toss up because I thought Charlotte deserved to win because of her body of work and the work that she puts in. She's a great performer in the ring. She's very talented and agile and all that stuff. And um. Oscar, you know, you know, she could have won too, but you know, I really, I think the right woman won. I think it won, and I think it pretty much just sets it up for a rematch. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely love to see a part, a part two of that match. That's a, I think that's a great rivalry that could kind of go down in the history books uh, between those two. Because oh yeah, because I, um, I, I had just heard of Oscar when she came into. Uh, from NXT to the WWE, and then it was like, I mean, immediately she had like this, she had like this hype machine behind her, and it was like, okay, who is this? Like, yeah. I've seen them promote other, you know, other wrestlers before that were new coming up, but I was like, not like this. Like, they're promoting mm-hmm. her like, you know, like real big, like, you know, like John Cena type big. Like, they're really pushing her. So I was like, yeah. okay. And then when she came in, it was kind of like, okay, yeah, this is this is a pretty bad chick. <laughs> uh-huh. but, you know, but I I feel like with with that match with her losing, I was like, they pretty much kind of set the stage of if anybody has a streak going, if you're gonna lose it, you're losing it at WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, for real. Exactly. <laughs> it's like that's exactly. just the stage that is WrestleMania is the place of streaks come here to die. <laughs> Yeah, since uh, Taker lost his, like, I, yeah, Taker losing his streak was will just never be forgotten. No, it won't. Remember, it won't. I just remember seeing the reactions, watching on TV. It was just like, oh my god, like this really happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was like literally yeah. thousands yeah. of people in an arena, just quiet, shocked, and stunned. It was amazing. Yeah, it was just crazy. So yeah, you're right about the about that, the streak. That just lets you know. Yeah. Just let you know the the nostalgia of it when you have somebody that's that big been that's been around that long. Yeah, it's like when something bad happens, it's like you feel it. Yeah, <laughs> like for that moment, it's like no, this isn't a a scripted uh, entertainment event. This is like no, this is real. Like <laughs> my childhood hero. Yeah, exactly. Lost. It's like you got you see little kids <laughs> crying. Like he's not supposed to lose. You know. Yeah, you just it's emotional. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm going to move to something a little less emotional. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey versus Triple H and Steph. How did how did you feel about that match? <laughs> I felt this match. 
it was a lot better than a lot of people thought it was going to be. Um, I know a lot of emphasis was on a lot of speculations on Ronda Rousey, how she's going to come, how she's going to do. And it's like when she stepped in, the energy level like went through the roof and she pretty much lived up to it. She didn't try and be a wrestler. She didn't try and be a technician in the ring. She did what she does. She was, you know, what we expect her to do to be a, a brute, like a UFC fighter. That's what she did. And she excelled at it. The only down part of the match, I feel, you could tell Kurt Angle was a little old. You know, he he, he wasn't hitting the ropes like he was supposed to. You could tell Triple H, <laughs> Triple H did a fabulous job of carrying him throughout that match. But um, like I say, overall, I think it lived up. That one exceeded everybody's expectations. And one funny part, me and my homeboy was sitting there watching it. When they got outside the ring, it was like you actually heard uh, – Kurt Angle tell Triple H, hey, put me on the table now. And Triple H put him on the table and did his little move or whatever. But <laughs> like, I, like, I, like I say, other than that, it was, uh, I think it exceeded everybody's expectations. <laughs> yeah, I was, um, I was really impressed because um, uh, I, was, I was talking to The Voice um, recently because we were talking about Ronda Rousey before WrestleMania and I was like, I need to see Ronda put her hands mm-hmm. on somebody. That's what I'm waiting to see. I was like, on the mic, she's not great on the yeah. mic. I don't want to hear yeah. her talk. I want to watch her beat people up. Yeah, <laughs> basically. And um, and I was like, you know, she she's been in the UFC. I know she's got hands, and it's like, and pretty much they're they've really kind of established her, like you said, as a brute. Like for a woman, it's like, like yeah, she's, you know, she's kind of coming in pretty dominant exactly. and. I was, I was, I was, I was surprised. I was like, wow, like, you know, she's really doing it. Like, she's going to be great. I think she, she's going to take some time to kind of develop as a character. Yeah. Because, because now with it, with the WWE, it's more a character than it is mm-hmm. real life, which, um, which I think kind of, kind of pushes away that whole thing when she when she lost those fights in UFC and she just kind of went and buried herself in a hole for months and didn't talk to the media and stuff like that. It's like when she loses here, it's not really her. It's the character, Ronda Rousey, yeah. that's losing. So she'll be able to kind of bounce back better. But I was like, I knew WrestleMania, I was like, I knew she wasn't going to lose that match. Like her, oh, her debut. Like she... And, and not to Stephanie McMahon. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like she just... That just can't happen. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Yeah, I feel you on that. It, and it's it's weird because I could almost see her doing her as the female version of Brock Lesnar almost, where she come in yeah. and just bully everybody and be a brute. And I think she might actually have some kind of a streak going before she actually loses her first match just because of the name. The only way I can see her possibly losing mm-hmm. is if she gets cheated. If Stephanie comes in or somebody comes in and cheats her out of the match. Other than that, I could see her having some kind of a some kind of a streak or some kind of run or something. Yeah, now I'm I'm waiting to see her against real competition, like the 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 whole Triple H uh, Stephanie McMahon beef. I know I know that that's going to be there. I kind of saw uh, uh, it was kind of reminiscent of me to um, to the days of Stone Cold and Vince McMahon, how they used to go at it in the Raw yeah. era. That's that's what I was kind of seeing in that match. Like when she was wrestling, when she would do a move or or put Stephanie in a submission move, 
and she was talking smack while she was doing it. The first thing I thought of was yeah, Stone Cold. Yeah, Stone. yeah, you know, yeah. I was like, I said, okay, I can see them kind of playing her, you know, kind of as the bad girl, so to speak, real defiant against the authority and uh -huh. stuff like that, which is what Stone Cold did. So like, maybe they're going to play that angle with her, but I really want to see her against, you know, whoever, you know, Charlotte, yeah. Oscar, whoever, like against the, the actual roster, uh -huh. <laughs> not just... Not just Stephanie McMahon, because I mean Stephanie McMahon is decent, but she's not actually a yeah, wrestler. Exactly. Yeah. So I feel like now they just kind of they put like a buffer around her to kind of to to kind of have her live up to the hype. Oh, of course. Yep. Of her coming on, don't you don't want her to build her up and then you know everything just deflates immediately. So I just want to see what she does against against the real roster of WWE, and hopefully we we'll get to see that real yes, soon. Yes, sir. <laughs> Okay, um, we kind of we touched on him already. Uh, going back to uh, the Undertaker, the Undertaker and John Cena, the match that we wanted to happen, but we thought it wasn't going to happen, and then maybe it will happen, <laughs> and no, it's not. And then wait a minute, John Cena gets a message in the audience, and it's like, wait, so Undertaker's here? No, it's not Undertaker. Oh, it's Elias. <laughs> I was like, they're doing so much with this match right now. I was like, they're killing me. <laughs> yeah, it was, I, don't, I don't know what they what they were thinking. I guess they were trying to build suspense or trying to build a hype, or I don't know what they what was going on. I, I read some I read some stuff on uh, on social media that said basically what they were doing was they kind of went so back and forth with it because they didn't want they didn't want that solid expectation of Taker versus Cena is happening yeah. because if that happens then it'll be it'll be it'll have the expectation of being like a main event match and they didn't want that. Oh okay. They wanted it to be just kind of like a a quick little highlight in the middle of everything. I guess I can understand that. I guess I guess which is what it was, but it was kind of like, yeah, it, I, that kind of left a little bit of a like, okay, it was good to see he came, he finally came back and everything. But it was like, I wish I, it had been more. But I'm also hearing like physically he wasn't able to do like a long match. Yeah, exactly. That's why I. That's why I guess I was kind of surprised that. What up, Chiefs Kingdom? It's your boy, Will Smith with Red and Bold. I'm your Track Stars correspondent for your Kansas City football. Chiefs! Yeah, 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 everybody. It's that time, man. We got we got the schedule for 2018 upcoming NFL season, baby. And I'm hyped. You know, we got a hard schedule. I feel like, you know, um, uh, did, did we get kind of played on the schedule? You know what I'm saying? I mean... I don't know. I mean, we it starts off. We got three games on the road, you know. And but I feel, I feel confident about my Chiefs this year. I feel very confident. I'm excited about the upcoming season, starting the Mahomes era officially. You know, what I'm saying we got a lot of talent, a lot of weapons on the offensive side. There are going to be questions um, on the defense. Um, a lot of NFL pundits or analysts, and um, you know, uh, people in the media feel kind of down on the Chiefs defense because of the loss of. Marcus Peters, though we did win the game without Marcus Peters. Not saying that I won't miss him because he was one of my favorite players. And I will definitely miss Marcus Peters being um, at that left corner position. But um, we do have Kendall Fuller. And I feel 
like you know he can hope he can hopefully get the job done david emerson i feel was a good pickup you know what i'm saying maybe he'll be good in our system um but i feel like um i feel like we will be better and i and i, and I also did a segment on this um early in regards to the chiefs defense I definitely believe and feel that our Chiefs defense will be better than what others think. Um, the Anthony Hitchens signing, that's a great one. You got him and Reggie Ragland right next to each other. Then you got Justin Houston. Hopefully, D4 comes back fully healthy, um, though he hasn't been um, the greatest or the expe- expectations that we have had for D4 have been high because of where he was drafted. And so um, those expectations are there for him to produce more. And so um, hopefully he can get back to that form where he had the 10 sack season and at least get some pressure um, on, 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 on the quarterback. And so, and then we had to know passing on beside him. I mean, that's really the, the side I'm really probably more concerned about is the, the right um, outside linebacker position um, where D Floyd is because that's that we had to know passing on. Um, he's, He's being considered um, a raw a raw project, but he's a, a physical specimen. And then behind him, we have um, Frank Zombo. Frank Zombo was ahead of him. Now, if any any point during this season that we had to play Frank Zombo at that right outside linebacker position, you know we're in trouble. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, um, you know, uh, he's a great special teams player, but um, – I feel there's a definitely a drop off when Frank Zombo is out there on that right side. So, but let me be more positive. Yes. <laughs> so, but I do want to get into this schedule that we have. Um, at least I'm going to do this by quarters. I want so um, I'm going to break down the games for each season or talk about the opponents um, for the season in quarters. So the which is you know first four games and then next four and then next four and then last four. So you know. So I'm going to talk about these first four games that we have, and three of the games are away from Arrowhead Stadium, and that's what um, I was kind of re- re- referring to or alluding to when I said we got kind of played on the schedule, right? Because we got three away games to start off. Like, man, come on! <laughs> and then we have we have three away games and one home game. Now the first game is um at the Chargers, and that should be um a good game. Um, I'm not really concerned about it. And, um, you know, I've heard, you know, quite a few people say the Chargers were very close to being a playoff team in some of the games that they lost. You know, they could have had a better record if it, if not for special teams, I mean, the field goal kicker. Um, but against the Chiefs, the field goal kicker didn't really play, play a part because we beat them by more than three points in each of those games. So um, I believe the first game we won by seven. The next one, it wasn't really close. Huh. I don't know. <laughs> so um, that doesn't really apply to when they play the Chiefs. Now, they will have Mike Williams coming back from injury um, at receiver. And, of course, they have Keenan Allen. Phillip Rivers is coming back. I don't know. This may be his final season. We'll see. But, I mean, the Chargers don't scare me. They do have a good defense. They do have a good pass rush in Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. So that will be um, a challenge to see how um, Mahomes handles the pressure. And from what I what I've seen, man, he's you know, Mahomes is deadly in the pocket. So if he gets time, it's gonna be a problem. If he gets outside the pocket, it's gonna be a problem. And so I don't see a weakness in 
Mahomes' game as far as passing. He's very accurate, accurate deep ball passer, which is a plus. And the the best the thing I like most about Mahomes is when he does mm-hmm. run, he's not looking to just tuck it and run, see how many yards he can get or um, get a first down. He's always running with the purpose of passing the ball downfield. So his eyes, and, and you know, I've, I've mentioned this before, uh, probably more than a few times, but his eyes stay downfield to find the open receiver. Now he will run if he has to, if he sees, if he sees opening, but for the most part, he's looking to pass the ball downfield, which um, there were times that uh, we've had receivers with Alex Smith that have been open downfield and he doesn't pull the trigger. So, um, I think Mahomes will definitely, definitely pull that trigger. Will there be more interceptions? Probably. But I don't see, um, I know a 610 sports, I was listening to 610 sports of Kansas City, and they said they probably had 25 touchdowns and 19 interceptions. I don't believe that one bit. I think he's too good of um, a competitor, um, a student of the game, to have that many inter- interceptions. Now, he may have more than what Alex Smith had last year. I can see maybe 9 or 10, maybe 11, but 19, nah, I don't think there'll be that many. Um, we, we have too many weapons on the offense that he's going to find somebody open, so I'm not really concerned about his interception, touchdown-interception ratio, you know. So um, so we had Chargers, and I'll put a W on that one. I'll put a W on the Chargers. Um and one key in that Chargers game too will be stopping uh, Melvin Ingram. Like he found, uh, he, oh no, Melvin's Melvin Gordon. <laughs> He's Melvin Gordon. I'm sorry, they're running back. Hey, I ain't no Chargers fan, but they're running back of the Chargers. I believe is Melvin Gordon. So, but he definitely found his stride last year. He started balling. He's kind of he's a beast. So, um, it'll be interesting to see if we can stop the Chargers run game as well as the pass, but. You know, um, you can stop that run. You can kind of make the team, the other team, one-dimensional. So whenever you can do that, that's always a plus. So I'm counting a W on the Chargers. Then we are at Pittsburgh, at Big Ben, you know, send the killer bees. We'll see what happens with Le'Veon Bell. Um, I don't don't think he's going to sit out, you know. He's still going to go out there and get that paycheck, man. Um, So we'll see what happens with that, but... I think we have more of a chance to to beat the Steelers um, this year with Mahomes because the the Steelers defense doesn't really scare me. Um, they have an okay secondary. Um, I don't think they're going to have. I, I I'd be very surprised if Ryan Shazier played this year and he was their best defensive player. Like yo. <laughs> Ryan Shazier, when that boy was healthy, like he was all over the place on the field. He makes plays, and they won't have, so they won't have Ryan Shazier on that defense. So, um, they don't scare me defensively. Now, the Pittsburghs to his offense, yeah, they can ball out, but I, I see us having a better defense. I think. We we can get a W at Pittsburgh, but let's say let's say it is an L. Okay, let's say it is an L. Uh, and I'm trying not to be a homer, y'all. You know what I'm saying? Cause it's so easy to be a homer. Like, oh, we gonna get all W's. You know what I'm saying? I would love that. But let's say let's go ahead and, and, and say it's an L. Like Pittsburgh has been our 
Uh, the monkey on the chief's back that we just, for some reason, <laughs> when Ben Bach, when Ben Roethlisberger plays, we can't get over that hump. So, but I feel like this year is the year that we do that, and I think it's good that we're playing them early. You know, not a whole lot of film. You know, and almost like when we played uh, the Patriots, though we Andy Reid normally has the Patriots number, but so, uh, so since they're on the road, we'll let's say it's an L. At the Steelers, I'll say uh, about 50, 55%. We may lose. <laughs> and so then the next game is a home game at San Fran. So we got uh, 49ers. You got Garoppolo. You got Richard Sherman. I don't know any of their other players. <laughs> so uh, we got San Fran. That should be a good game. It's going to be at Arrowhead Stadium. We're going to be fired up. Yo, first game at Arrowhead Stadium. The, the, it could be, um, it could be a shootout. I don't know. But, um, I don't see the Chiefs losing that first home game at Arrowhead Stadium. I don't see it. So, go W right there. So, that's two and one, right? Then we got at Denver. Okay. They picked up Case Keenum. Mm-hmm. They still have, um, I guess, Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. But guess what? They getting old, man. They getting old. <laughs> and Case Keenum, he had he had a good season last year. But think about Case Keenum before last year with the Vikings. And I think um, coaching plays a part. I think the pieces around you play a huge part with certain quarterbacks. Um, just like Alex Smith, he had all the pieces around him, um, but he could only take us so far. And I don't know if the pieces in, in Denver will be enough. Um, Denver will still have a good defense when you have Von Miller, you know, um, I think they, they still have Chris Harris at, at, at cornerback. Um, they'll need to fill that other cornerback position unless, um, they put somebody already on their squad in a key where a keeps lead plate. But um I think that will be a good game. And I think the Chiefs will come out on top at Denver. Cause I don't I don't believe in that in the case Keenum. I take my homes over Keenum. Sorry. <laughs> so that's three and one. And so for me, I see the Chiefs. Um, for the first four games of the season, no worse than two and two, but three and one. I'll say three and one, and I would I wouldn't be surprised if we won all those games, go four and zero. But you know there are going to be some growing pains, there are going to be some adjustments, and so I'll say three and one at the worst, two and two, which is not bad for the first four games, especially with three of those games being on the road. I would take two and two, so. Yeah, man, I'm I'm excited about this season. Um, see what see what we do in the draft. Are we going to move up? There's been rumors that the Chiefs will move up to the first round, late first round, to try to get a top cornerback, which would be awesome. Because um, then you can go ahead and throw that cornerback in there, and that's other starting corner. Um, aside from Kendall Fuller, then you still have David Emerson. You still have Steven Nelson. Um, which I like Steven Nelson. He he plays hard. You know, um, normally most of the time he's always right there when there's a completion made and he's physical. He's a physical, 
um, corner slot corner. So I would definitely like that mix. Um, the Chiefs also need a safety, another safety um, to go with Eric Berry. Um, or are they going to go in-house? But I think the positions of need defensively are um, linebacker, outside linebacker on their right side, of course, corner, and safety. Um, those are the main areas. And probably a, another defensive lineman to go on that, that line. Though we did sign some futures contracts to um, a few um, D tackles. And so we'll see how that goes, man. I know they got two. I think Josh Augusta, one guy from Missouri. I think they got two guys from Missouri that the Chiefs have on, you know, under contract to see if they make the squad. So we'll see, man. I'm excited, man. 2018 Chiefs Kingdom. Stand up. Let's go. Ready for this preseason. And um, your boy, I'm down here in Atlanta. And so um, I'm definitely going to go to the preseason game when the Chiefs play the Atlanta Falcons. So um, that'd be somewhere. Um, I'll stream live uh, for for the Track Star Sports. You know what I'm saying? Representing Track Star Sports. Try to get some live footage during that game um, and go live on probably Facebook, um, Twitter, or Instagram. One of those pages, man. So be be looking out. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, this is your boy Will Smith. You guys, call in. Let me know your thoughts on the, on the Chief schedule. Um, do you think it's too difficult? How do you think we'll do? What do you think our record will be? You know, and so, yo, my prediction as far as our overall record, I'm thinking 12 and 4, 11 and 5. You know what I'm saying? 12 and 4, 11 and 5. So, one of those two. That's what I'm, that's what I'm, that's my prediction. But these first four games, 3 and 1, baby. Worst 2 and 2. Let's go. Hit us up. You know, follow us on Twitter, Trackstars Sport Sports. But I think to find us on Twitter, you have to put Trackstars Sports without the S on it. So it's Trackstars Sport. And then uh, follow us on, like us on Facebook, our Trackstars Sports page. Also, we have an Instagram page, the Trackstars Sports. So check us out, man. We cover everything, man. We got the NFL going. You know what I'm saying? We got MMA. We got baseball, basketball. So follow Trackstar Sports. We love you guys. Um, have a wonderful weekend. And this is Will Smith with Red and Bold. Holla back. Trackstar Sports, what's going on, baby? This is Solo on Sports, man. I heard the segment you had about the Chiefs being 3-1, and one, maybe 4-0 and oh, their first four games. It's pretty optimistic, man, considering you guys have a young quarterback. Not proven, but hey, man, you never know. He can come out there and light the league on fire. No one never, no one have much film on him, so you never know, man. He might come out there and uh, will it take your offense to the next level? I mean, Alex Smith, he's a he's a good quarterback, but he can only do so much, man. I mean, he's really a robotic type quarterback. So maybe uh, Mahomes can take you guys to another level. I mean, I've seen him play live a few times at, at Texas Tech. My daughter goes to school there, so I've, I've seen him. And up close and personal, he's he's got some, he's got a cannon for an arm, man. So three and one, you never know, man. Four and zero, oh, you never know what's gonna happen, brother. But I wish y'all luck, man, in the season. This solo sports, I'm hit you up, brother. Good luck with them Chiefs. What's up, Trackstar Sports? This is the Off My Med Show, and I love sports, bro. I'm very passionate about it. I like your talking about the sports and everything, man. It sounds really good. If you're ever looking at anyone to discuss sports with, bro. 
I'm looking to do some more discussions, interlink with you guys, the Anchor family. We're all family over here, you know what I mean? So I just want to do some uh, debating about talking like sports because you seem very passionate about it. I'm passionate about it. Let's do it, brother. Let's do it. You're doing big things over there. Hi there, Truck Stores. I uh, just want to let you know I loved your little UFC segment. found it really insightful and loved the uh, range of coverage rather than just the main event. So thank you very much for that. Uh, yeah, really enjoyed it. Thank you. Your man, the voice, was in the building for Bellator 197. And I must say, it was time well spent. The undercard was, oh man, really, really good. I'm glad I was able to get there and see every single fight that Bellator had to offer because the vast majority of them were good fights. Lots of stoppages, uh, some submissions, a lot of submissions, uh, KOs, I mean, you name it. It was taking place, it was going on, and enjoyed it thoroughly. You can go to the Trackstar Sports Facebook page, and you will see some live postings there, as well as I was able to put some on the Trackstar Sports Instagram page as well. So feel free to check those out at your leisure. The main event had High Ridge Missouri's own Michael Chandler, who's supposed to be fighting for the belt against Brent Primus, but that didn't happen. So in steps Brandon Gertz. Gertz came in and he was giving it his all going against Chandler. Throwing some haymakers, missing them, but you know, being very game in things. Chandler got his hands on him, got him down to the ground, used that Mizzou wrestling tiger style got him down uh head and arm choke done deal the co-main event had justin lawrence and aj mckee that was a very very technical striking match uh but justin lawrence was just no match for aj mckee again he was game the uh Pacific Missouri native all American kid came in did all he could but he was no match for the mercenary the mercenary picked him apart used his timing and his uh, his length to keep Justin Lawrence at bay through a couple spinning techniques just for good measure walked away with the unanimous decision kept his unbeaten streak going and then called out uh, his nemesis in Bellator, James Gallagher. I don't know what it is about guys at SBG that just makes people want to call him out, but hey, uh, that must be something in the water over there. Uh, but AJ McKee and James Gallagher have been beefing for quite some time. They were on a car together over in the UK and Gallagher was fighting one of McKee's teammates. And that's when everything got started. So uh, they're on a collision course to fight each other. Can't wait to see that happen. The curtain jerker 
for Bellator 197 was Devin Brock versus Kevin Ferguson Jr., a.k.a. Baby Slice. And boy, they could not have picked a better fight to start the card off with. Brock came in. They were both really sizing each other up, feeling each other out, trying to gauge distance to see how to properly engage one another in fighting. But uh, yeah, Kevin Ferguson Jr., Baby Slice, uh, used a little of his his dad's genetics <laughs> and uh, he caught Brock right behind the ear with a shot, jumped on his back immediately, sunk in the rear naked choke, done deal. Devin Brock took his first L, Baby Slice went to three and one, and the crowd went crazy. Unfortunately, the voice's marquee matchup was right after that. And boy, did I pick the wrong <laughs> fight to be focused on. Um, Joaquin Buckley was undefeated coming into, well, not coming into the fight. He'd lost one fight coming into it, but he had done very, very well for himself coming into this fight. Uh, Logan Storley is undefeated, and his record shows quite a few TKOs. He's a renowned uh, wrestler. I believe he was an All-American at Minnesota, but it was just a wrestle fest. Just a lot of holding and hugging on the ground, and yeah, nobody wants to see that. Uh, Storley got the victory, but he didn't do much to raise his stock. The Voices Marquee matchup for the prelims. Again, I went with my heart instead of my head. I should have picked a different fight. I should have picked uh, Zach Buccia versus uh, Derek Barbaric. That was a phenomenal fight, and that's really where my head was. But my heart, in my heart, I wanted to see Josh Sampo fight shared uh, his history of being a cfa champion and uh going into the ufc winning his first fight losing three others and not fighting again since then and that was who quite some time ago 2014 i believe uh maybe 2015 either way it goes it's been a long time since he fought uh just a feel-good story teacher here in the st louis area uh, coaching, uh, wrestling, also at the school that he teaches at. So, you know, I really wanted to see how that fight was going to turn out. Uh, did not turn out his way. Uh, Dominic Mazzota won the fight handily. Sampo, his whole MMA career uh, prior to this fight was contested at 125 pounds. And it was obvious when they got in the ring that Mazota was just way too big for Sampo. Uh, he used that size advantage and that strength to get Sampo down to the ground and win the fight. Sampo did a good job in the third round, really tried to turn things around, but it was a little too little too late and the judges didn't even give him that round, even though uh, it was definitely his best of the contest. 
So overall, it was a great night of fights at the family arena in St. Charles. Love Bellator and I hate that the ratings were as low as they were. I mean, it was, like I said, it was a great night of fights. Uh, McKee and Lawrence did their thing. Uh, Baby Slice just, yeah, lit the house on fire. And then Chandler, in the end, did the same thing uh, with his choke. Great night of fights. Unfortunately, not enough people experienced the things that I got a chance to see. Get her off at my side when sipping a bottle. Let her know that she worth every bit of a million dollars and give her every word of my artillery. I am a scholar, I am a pilot. You are flying with me today. Me and you gon' take over the world. We flying away. I ain't never really wanna go in the outer space, but there go the moon. I see the stars when I see your face. Right now, I don't calm down. I'm on a mission. That's why my daddy was paying tuition. Got a whole lot to say when people paying to listen. I give them truth over bars, and I don't know when it's different. But hold up, hold up, 'cause every Everybody always telling me to grow up, so bum. I'm in the studio right now, and I don't see no reason to turn down, cause you know the motto, full throttle, uh, you know the motto, full throttle, full throttle, you know the motto, full throttle, I'm going hard right now, I'll be going in the morning, hold up, hold up, yeah, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Hold up, I'm going hard right now. I'll be going in the morning. They're trying to tell me I'm rapping different. Every time I step up in the booth, it's like I'm in the kitchen. What am I cooking or what am I looking for? What am I doing? Am I making any strides? Am I making improvements? Man, I'm only making music for me and my crew to groove to. I give you something to do with your new shoes. New school, every day I'm looking for new boots. I knew you shouldn't be doing this. I'm doing this for everybody trying to grow up. And they don't see no reason to slow up. So they living every day so. Out. Like they don't see no reason to turn down Cause you know the motto, full throttle Uh, you know the motto, full throttle, full throttle You know the motto, full throttle I'm going hard right now, how we going in the morning Hold up, hold up, yeah Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up Yeah, yeah, yeah Trying to diminish the shine in my finish This the sign of the times that you just trying to be sinister Symptoms are sending our symbolism Since when is a bending so instrumental Our instrumentals and spirits so incidental We miss the memo since it's the motto I got them pushed to the limit I got them looped to Serato Back to the beginning they ain't get it What I meant is that the one dimming my finish Is the maker and the owner of my rent No room for me for something while I'm in it Since he the one that bought it I'm indebted So don't forget it, stay and let it while you revving And try not to get it, then it swerve, heaven's my debit Hold up, hold up, cause everybody always telling me to grow up So bum, I'm in the studio right now And I don't see no reason to turn down Cause you know the motto, full throttle, uh, you know the motto Full throttle, full throttle, you know the motto, full throttle I'm going hard right now, I'll be going in the morning Hold up, hold up, yeah, hold up Right 
What's going on, family? This is your boy Miles Austin here, and this is Trackstar Sports Presents Hard in the Paint with Miles Austin, where NBA news gets physical like the paint. Whether you want to body him like Shaq or finesse him like Hakeem the Dream, you're going to get the hard truth. Let's dive in. NBA playoffs are here. I am thoroughly excited for where the NBA is right now and more excited for where the East is right now. I am I'm just impressed. This is the first time in a long time that I have been excited to watch the Eastern Conference games. Now, you think when you're looking at the Eastern Conference, you just expect LeBron and the Cavs to kind of steamroll like they always have. Same thing with the Warriors in the West. I think they went 12-0 going to the finals and then ending it with 16-1. One of the greatest runs in playoff history. But it's because of the team that they had. Now, in the East... I am I'm I'm so excited now. We have the playoffs have started. We're in uh some t- some teams are in game. Most teams are in game 2. I think the Warriors and the Spurs uh have had both of their games with Warriors have just clicked on the switch that everybody was talking about and beating the beating the Spurs both games. They're up 2-0, which everybody else I think 1-0. You got the Rockets who are up on the Wolves. You have the Thunder who are up on the Jazz, Pelicans up on the Blazers, 76ers in the Heat, one game apiece. That's going to be a very interesting series. Celtics and the Bucks who are playing right now and the Celtics are up 1-0. You got the Cavs and the Pacers. We're going to talk about that. The Pacers are up winning game one by 18 points, as well as the Raptors and the Wizards. The Raptors are up one, and they're playing now um, as well, and I think they're going to go up 2-0. Um, that's a question for me that I want to ask you guys. Are the Raptors serious? Are they really serious about what's happening? They won a franchise record 59 games this season. That's up there top with the Rockets and the Cavs and the Warriors of past. But are they really serious? Is Dwayne Casey really taking this team? How far can Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan take this team? Uh, I, I'm not really sure, but I would definitely love to see them. I, I kind of got my eyes on the 76ers right now with the way that Ben Simmons is kind of Ben Simmons is kind of leading that team with Joel Embiid being out. Um, the last game we got the vintage Dwayne Wade. Let's talk about it. My 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 man turned back the clock, had like fine wine. I think he ended up dropping 28 points in that game and just being a, a catalyst for what he wanted the Heat to be. Now I, I will say we're not gonna get to expect this from Dwayne Wade. He's not gonna carry the Heat throughout this season. That's not who he is, uh, where his age is right now. You just can't depend on it. But you can get amazing games like that. And if it can if it can kind of get you out of this series, then you do what you got to do. But I, I don't really see that going anywhere else. I, I still have the 76ers winning 4-2, 4-1 maybe. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to kind of go with the 4-2. Um, you know, most of the time when you're talking about the playoffs, people give these bold predictions. And w- what I wanted to do was kind of wait. I wanted to see the first game or the second game to see how the teams were going to play, what kind of fire they were going to play with, what the Rockets were going to do with James Harden and Chris Paul uh, going to come out on fire, how they were going to play it. I definitely want to see that. So I, I didn't want to just jump out and give bold predictions uh, last week so what I wanted to do was kind of wait see the playoffs let it kind of unfold see how those first games go see kind of kind of the uh, camaraderie that teams had the chemistry that they can that they can create and how hungry are these teams the 76ers look hungry and it looks like they're a young team that just got outplayed and we know that Miami Heat is a defensive team and they play great defense and I think that's what happened just kind of got unexpected and they couldn't really figure it out and ended up losing but I do think that late that late play that late layup uh, from Goran Dragic at the end of 
of the last game uh, is going to fire up these 76ers. Now, to me, this is going to be the test to see where the 76ers are at. They are a young team. This is the first time being in the playoffs in years. Are they going to step up and respond? That is a, That late layup from Dragic um, was disrespectful, and that's how the fans took it. That's how the players took it. That's how Joel Embiid took it. He, he went to IG talking about, I, I want to play, but I feel, like, I feel like I just can't be out there. I don't know if I'm going to be out there for game three. I promise this city uh, a playoffs, and we're here, and I want to be playing, and that's honorable. I respect it. You know what I'm saying? And I hope that he kind of gets in there and does his thing. I'm excited for the 76ers. I don't know. I don't know why. I, I like the way that Ben Simmons is playing. He's baby Bron right now. Uh, he can't really shoot. He's kind of finishing at around in and around the rim, uh, which is definitely good. If that's where you can take most of your shots, do what you got to do, bro, to get your team winning. Um, he's baby. He's baby Bron to me, and Joel. Uh, being a triple threat man, being able to shoot at all three levels uh, is 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 great for a seven-footer. I think they're going to be a good team. I don't know if they have enough um, to come out of the East. I think the Raptors are a valuable option, and as well as the Cavs, man, you got to think about it. LeBron James is surrounded by role players that haven't been in this situation before. And not to say that they haven't been in the playoffs before, uh, but they haven't been expected to be in the finals like this before. Uh, probably, probably the exception would be George Hill when he played for the Spurs, but you have Jordan Clarkston, Larry Nance Jr., uh, Rodney Hood. These people, these these players haven't had this expectation on them on a team that had this type of expectation. Um, I did hear, I was listening to a podcast yesterday that, that LeBron has to be kind of Kobe MJ-ish to uh, get this team to where it needs to be. And honestly, I might have to agree with it. The the everybody gets the ball, let me get 10 or 15 assists type of LeBron is not going to work with the team that he has now. Kevin Love isn't playing the way, the way that he should. And also, I mean, they had a horrible shooting, shooting stretch last game against the Pacers. But the Pacers came out looking hot. Victor Oladipo was killing it. Um, I'm excited to see where this man is going to take the Pacers. But at the same time, LeBron, they, they were looking... They, they shot less than 30% from the three, which they're not going to do every single game. But the Pacers capitalized, and they got their W, stole home court, and we'll see how this thing plays out. But let me hear from you guys. I I want to see what, what your bold predictions Matter of fact, I'm sorry, I haven't even given my bold predictions. I'm asking you guys to give it and hit me up on social media. But I'm going to give mine. So, Rockets and the Wolves. I think this might be the most interesting uh, matchup that they're going to have um, because, because both teams are so hungry. I do have the Rockets coming out. I think they'll probably win at a 4-2 clip, maybe. Maybe maybe a game seven. I'm not sure. But I feel like it could go seven games. I have them close, Rockets closing out in six. The Warriors, I'm going to go ahead and say it. It's probably going to be a sweep, guys. Let's not even talk about it or even talk about it even further than this. The Jazz and the Thunder. I think this is an interesting series because if, I don't know if PG is going to go off and be consistent like this uh, from what he did in game one. Uh, but I I got to say, I'm probably going to edge it just to the Thunder because of star power. 4-2, uh, I'd probably say in that series. Blaze and the Pelicans. Uh, Anthony Davis is going to go off, but I do think the play, the Blazers have enough around them to get out of that series. I think this one goes seven games, four game, uh, four games to the Blazers. 76ers in the heat. I have the 76ers coming out 4-2. Um, I think Dwayne, Dwayne Wade and the team, Eric Spolstra, I think that he's a, he's a great coach, defensive mind, and they're going to figure it out. But the 76ers, I think, are going to overcome that, especially when Joel Embiid comes back. Celtics and the Bucks. I think... I'm probably going to have to go with the Celtics. I'll go 4-1, to be honest with you, just because the Celtics, to me, seem very hungry, and the Bucks don't seem to have it together, even though 
they have the better roster to me. The better starting five, starting seven, uh, however you want to call it. The seven-man rotation that the Bucks have, I think, is better than the Cavs. The Celtics right now, without Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward, but I do think that the the, the Celtics are just well-coached, and I think they'll get out probably 4-1. Cavs and the Pacers, a very interesting game. I think this series probably goes six games. I think LeBron doesn't lose this series, but it may be a scary. It could possibly go seven games, but I'm going to call it in six to the Cavs. Raptors and Wizards, I call it in five. Um, I think 4-1 Raptors get out. 59 wins in a season is hard to do, and I think they're not going to allow the Wizards to come in and try to beat them. Uh, let me hear from you guys. I am Miles Austin on everything, Twitter, Instagram. Let me hear from you guys. What are your bold predictions? Are the Rockets going to just uh, smooth smooth sail to the Western Conference Finals where they play the Warriors? I think that's going to be a great matchup. Uh, are the Cavs, who's coming out of the East? Cavs, 76ers, Raptors, maybe the Pacers eliminate the Cavs. Who, who knows? But I want to hear from you guys. I am Miles Austin on everything. Again, thanks for tuning in. Track Stars presents Hard in the Paint with Miles Austin where NBA news gets physical like the paint. You guys be safe. Peace. Hey everybody, this is JD Andreski with Track Star Sports giving you some NBA breaking news. This afternoon, the Golden State Warriors released a statement regarding the injury to Stephen Curry, who suffered a grade two left MCL sprain on March 23rd. He has missed the team's last 13 games. Um, the update that they've given here on Steph is that he will begin to participate in modified team practices starting tomorrow, and the intensity of his on-court rehabilitation will continue to increase. The doctors will be reevaluating him again in one week. The Warriors have been doing just fine without him here in the playoffs. They currently have a 3-0 lead over the San Antonio Spurs. They've won all of those games rather easily and have a chance to sweep the Spurs in Game 4 on Sunday afternoon. Looking to this weekend, um, there are a lot of key games coming up starting tonight. And going into Saturday and Sunday, I want to give you guys my top three most important games for the playoffs this weekend. We're going to start with the game tonight at 7 o'clock Eastern. The Indiana Pacers will host the Cleveland Cavaliers for game three of this first round matchup. It's tied one to one. Indiana had the big win, game one in Cleveland, and then game two, LeBron. Just took over. He scored 20 points along with six rebounds and three assists in the first quarter. Cleveland ended up winning that game by just three. So this game could really end up deciding possibly who wins the series. Game three is known as arguably the most pivotal game, obviously, aside from elimination games or game seven. Um, But this one could really decide who ends up winning it. It took a monster performance from LeBron just to get a three-point win over Indiana. you got to wonder if he has enough in him to do that for the entirety of a series. And even if he does, are the Cavs in trouble for the rest of the playoffs? Because if that's what it takes to get just through Indiana, they could be in trouble because there are a lot more competitive teams past Indiana. That's no disrespect to Indiana. I think they've done a great job this season. Victor Oladipo, I think, may be the most improved player of the year. But Cleveland has a lot to work on if they want to get past Indiana and the rest of the teams in the East. But if they want to do that, they first need to win Game 3. And Indiana needs to stop that from happening at any cause possible. Indiana cannot afford to fall back on LeBron James. They give him a 2-1 lead, and it's going to be very hard to climb back and take control of this series. If Indiana wants to win the series, this may sound kind of obvious, but they need to stay ahead in the series. That's the only way. I can't imagine a scenario in which Indiana comes back 
from a deficit in a series, especially if the Cavs are able to get to three wins first. So this game could very well end up deciding who wins this Pacers and Cavs series. Another game that I believe is extremely important here this weekend is Saturday when Miami hosts the Philadelphia 76ers for Game 4. The 76ers won Game 3 in Miami in a very tightly contested contest. Neither team wanted to back down. It was very physical. The final score ended up being 128-108. to Philly outscoring the Heat 32-14 to in the fourth quarter. The big headline from that game, of course, was Joel Embiid returning to the lineup in his playoff debut. In 30 minutes, he had 23 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, a steal, and 3 blocks. Not to mention, able to put up 15 free throws. He knocked down 10 of them and was 3 of 4 from the 3-point line. This game is do or die, really, for the Heat. Um, If Philly has a 3-1 lead going back into Philadelphia, I think we could see this one closing in five games. These games have been very competitive. The Heat have been putting in their best effort. And this, uh, even though it ended up being a 20-point Philadelphia win, it was pretty close throughout the majority of this game. It certainly wasn't a cakewalk for Philadelphia like game one was. It really wasn't until that fourth quarter where things just sort of took over. There were 17 lead changes throughout the game. It was tied 13 times, so it was competitive for the first three quarters, but Philadelphia was just too much in that fourth. I imagine that they'll continue that momentum from the fourth quarter last night into Saturday afternoon for that game, and I see them getting the 3-1 lead, but Miami has to do everything it possibly can to avoid that. That's going to be a great game for NBA fans to watch. And the third most important game, I think, for teams here in this weekend's playoffs is Game 3 of the Utah Jazz and Oklahoma City Thunder Series. It's tied 1-1. Utah was able to steal Game 2 on the road against the Thunder, even with a banged-up Donovan Mitchell, um, his toe, maybe not 100%. It was a game-time decision and ended up playing in it and looks to be completely healthy for this Game 3. Donovan Mitchell surpassed a record set by Michael Jordan for most points in the first two games of a playoff career. Donovan Mitchell has been absolutely outstanding for the Jazz in this series and in the entirety of the regular season. And if the Jazz want to win, they have to keep relying on him, but they have to start finding um, some other options on offense. Derek Favors was able to put up 20 for them in Game 2, and Ricky Rubio was able to put up 22. I can't imagine Rubio going 5 of 8 from deep again in the series. Um, Favors is a 20-point threat. I think that's reasonable. However, 8 of those were on off. He had 8 offensive rebounds, giving him a lot of second-chance points. So again, I think that the Favors and Rubio contributions, they're not going to combine for 42 points. Um, It's just not going to happen. So Utah's going to have to look for scoring somewhere else. Joe Ingles only had three points in game two. They need him to step up and take over some of that offensive slack. And for the Thunder, they just need to start working as a team in the fourth quarter. The big three, Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, and Russell Westbrook went just 0-14 combined in the fourth quarter of Game 2. A lot of hero ball, a lot of isolation basketball. They need to get out of that and attempt something different in the fourth quarter. Billy Donovan's got to start drawing up plays that gets everybody involved. 
Paul George after hitting an onslaught of threes. I believe it was eight three-pointers in game one. He went just four of 12 in game two. So the Thunder need to start both teams really is just who can play the better team basketball I think is what it's going to come down to if either team wants a shot. This game is going to be very important. Another 1-1 tie that will be split by game three. Those are always important and I think will lead to some exciting basketball this weekend. I'm going to wrap it up here for Trackstar Sports. I'm J.D. Andreski. Thanks for listening in. Be sure to hit up the Facebook page that we've got at Debate Field Trackstar Sports. We want to hear your comments. Um, any games that you think I left out that are more important? Um, do you have arguments that some of these games shouldn't be important? Um, or any of these series that I talked about maybe already over and watching the rest of these games isn't even important? Get on the comment sections. We love to see different opinions and get some debates going. That's the whole point of this. Uh, be sure to check in to our Twitter feed as well, at Trackstars Sport. And you can follow us on Anchor, where we post all of our podcasts covering a variety of sports. Until next time, I'm J.D. Andreski signing off for Trackstar Sports. Hey, Matt, this is Kevin Jenkins just messaging you back with the Athletes Club. Just wanted to tell you, man, we appreciate that feedback and the love. Uh, We definitely would love to be a guest on your show and have a good conversation in the world of sports. Um, We definitely would want to connect soon in the future and vice versa. If you ever want to be a guest on our show, uh, definitely feel free to call in. We would appreciate that. And once again, you keep up the great work and we hope to connect with you soon. Hi, Trackstar Sports. This is Martha from Martha's Place, and I want to tell you thank you so much for reaching out to me. I truly appreciate it, and I will continue to listen to your station. I am a big sports fan, so I want to tell you thank you for your support, and we will continue to stay connected. Take care, and all the best to you. Oh, let the fun shine. We do this one time. <laughs> oh, let the sun shine. These are the nights that we sacrifice for the order. Times that we share these things that we have stored up. Reach across the border for those who love to support us. So, gracias to summer. She, she, the brothers in China need how. Put the pen down to address it now. I ain't saying, I ain't thinking, I'm just saying. I ain't writing it down, so what you get now is purely authentic. Considering it's clearest form like a crystal of diamond, we rhyming. I'm rapping these ratchets around a rap scheme. I'm going under your mattress, I'm like a box spring. A lot of people be watching, but won't invite me. Said, but the auto boys weigh on the box scene. And I'm a weapon, not looking for your possessions. I'm trying to teach them a lesson. Cold in these freedom sessions, got the realest obsession. Get these people the message, telling them. They are better when they were taught they were lesser than So grab a hand to this young man on Peter Pan And we'll fly so high that we'll never land Shout out to Andy, I wanna see all my dreams too And they can hate me, love, but they gon' love you, uh Oh, let the sun shine We do this one time Uh, oh, let the sun shine Shine It's like this on the prime night when the time's right Back of the whip with some fried chicken and crystal light I'm still trying to do everything that my crystal likes I got a thing for that pretty thing on these bitter nights 
It's abstract, but it's still vivid beyond that. No contract, but it's still freedom, and that's why they can't beat us. And no, we ain't been deleted, we still rapping. I'm still rapping the king that's never been unseated, undisputed, and undefeated. So we should be walking around nothing but gold crowns and a wife beater. No, I can Tina, I'm still snapping with attitude. Your face turned like we full hand slapping juice. I'm trying to get you right for the summertime. Want you to get to know the love while you feeling fine. I hope you feel it in your belly, get it in your spine. And I'm just trying to get you there if you don't mind, uh. Hope you discover what I discover. When you sick and you got it, you don't want to recover. You try to tell everybody so they can feel it. I'm Marvin Gaye with this lyrical healing. Let the sun shine. Oh, let the sun shine. We do this one time. Oh, let the sun shine. Yeah.